We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, November 30th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek and Dan Riper and I are here catching you up on the last minute news. There's some injury reports. We're actually starting this a little before 3 o'clock Eastern on Friday. Um, but first, Derek, how about them Cowboys? I didn't see it coming. So, I did. Uh, yeah, you called it. I, I didn't think that was going to happen at all. I thought with David Irving and Sean Lee out, defensively there would just be a little too much put on the uh, the Cowboys defense and and they wouldn't be able to keep the Saints from putting up high 20s low 30s points and I was very wrong it was one of the worst offensive performances we've seen from the Saints in the Drew Brees era maybe the worst yep. offensive performance we've seen from the Saints in the Drew Brees era and, uh, and I'm not going to pack myself on the back too much because that was a hit among many misses. But um, I was excited. It's funny. It was one of the only times ever. I wasn't quite rooting for the Cowboys. I'm like, all right, they're making me look a little smart. Good for you guys. Um, no. So in this game, fantasy wise, I mean, no one was starting Keith Kirkwood. I mean, who? if you had Dak, I guess you were OK. Ezekiel Elliott was fine. Yeah, Zeke had a bunch of, of receiving yards and, I mean, got a lot of work and scored. He ended up being fine. Uh, yep. and, and that continued. I mean, 
the offense just it's just better than it was before Cooper. And that's mm-hmm. kind of been the, the rising tide that's lifted all boats with Dak, Zeke, Cooper all playing at, at higher levels than they were when Cooper was stuck in Oakland. Right. Um, yeah, and Cooper, PPR Cooper was fine. No issue. I mean, eight catches for 75 yards, so he helped you. He, he did his job, let's put it that way. Right? I think that's oh, fair yeah. to say. Michael Gallup played well, and Dak just missed him on what would have been a yeah. long TD in that one. That would have been a completely different line with uh, like a 35 or 40 yard touchdown to Gallup added in Dak just overthrew it a little bit right yeah and I actually it's funny I liked Dak that hurt because I liked Dak last night fantasy wise I liked Dak more than most and wound up that his fantasy production was not great it was just so so it's going to be somewhere in the 15 to 20 range I would bet he was 248 and a touchdown plus 22 yards rushing um also so yeah you're gonna folks by the time you uh you listen to this, you're going to hear more about Kareem Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt, there's a story on TMZ that Kareem Hunt, we knew the story. The story was apparently out there, but the video is out of Kareem Hunt um, in an altercation with a woman at a hotel over the off season. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but now that the video's out, I would advise picking up Spencer Ware if I could. I hate to yeah. be callous about this, but you know what? Get Spencer Ware because with this video out, I have no idea if someone over the weekend is going to say, you know what, he's not playing Sunday. It it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs try to immediately start uh, with some discipline because the league's going to do something. And with the video evidence of what happened, we, we think back to the Ray Rice uh, situation. Was that four years ago now? It's, wow, it's actually been a while. It 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 seems like that moves things along faster for the league than right. anything else because there's a public reaction to it as there should be. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bad situation for Kareem hunt. He put himself in this situation and it's bad. It's just really bad. And it sucks that it keeps happening. Right. And, um, I hope the league takes these things more seriously. I hope domestic violence is addressed in a more meaningful way every time these cases come up and I hope eventually the, the behavior overall changes and the culture changes over time, but it's, it's scary. It, it just, it seems like we're just waiting for the next video to come out and, and it's, I don't know. It, it's all, it's way more prevalent than I think people have ever realized. Yep. All right, folks, check us out on Twitter. Derek is at Derek Van Riper. I'm at Helping 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and you can find us on Facebook. Okay, let's go over the injuries. Uh, this is like, again, we're at about 3 o'clock Eastern on Friday, so more may be coming after we speak here, but out. Melvin Gordon, we knew. Mitchell Trubisky is doubtful, so we're going to get another week of Chase Daniel. Do you... We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, not great for Allen Robinson. And Trey Burton's probably, that's probably a wash, right? Burton's probably about the same as he would be ordinarily. I mean, you drop him a little because you drop the offensive output as a whole for for everybody. So like with that coming down, he gets, he doesn't get dinged any more than anybody else. But I, I think as a tight end, being a bigger target, running shorter and intermediate routes, sometimes he'll be a safety valve option. But I feel like my my general memory of Trey Burton this season is seeing him like 35 yards downfield and open and not even having like Trubisky hit him. So I don't know if that just continues with Daniel or we're just going to see 
oh, there goes Trey Burton, and he's open, and Daniel doesn't see him. Right. And it just lost lost opportunities. Um, but yeah, Burton, okay, not great for this week, I think would be my, my summary of like how I feel about him as a play. Okay, and I th- we talked yesterday. I think last week, Gabriel and Cohen each got seven catches with Chase Daniel, Dinkin, and Duncan. So keep that in mind. Joe Flacco might be active. Sounds like the report on his player page, I think, said clearly was not at full strength. We're going to see Lamar Jackson again. Deshaun Jackson out for the uh, Bucks could make Chris Godwin an interesting factor, more interesting than usual. Evan Ingram out. Carrion Johnson probably out again. Alex Collins did not practice Wednesday or Friday. That doesn't look good. Sammy Watkins officially declared out by the Chiefs. Danny Amendola, doubtful, unlikely to play for the Dolphins. Okay, players who will be back. A.J. Green, we talked about yesterday. That going back to the well is like, yeah. I got to tell you, what, what I've been looking at more, and we can talk about that later in the DFS. Driscoll is moderately interesting to me. Have you seen his college rushing stats? I really haven't, and I know it's something that Mario brought up on the XM shows that he's very mobile. He can move the pocket. He can kind of make things open up a little bit on the inside for Mixon and maybe Gio Bernard to an extent as well. But I think the most important thing with a player like Driscoll, if if you buy into that mobility and you kind of buy into like 30 or 40 rushing yards as being part of the floor, quarterbacks like that getting a chance to start are immediately interesting when their prices are as low as Driscoll's price is this week mm-hmm. in DFS. Like for a big field tournament, you want to do something different and you want to go cheap. You can throw Driscoll out there. I mean, you can pay up for AJ Green if he plays. You could even pay down for like a CJ Uzoma at tight end if you're building a tournament lineup. And then just go chalk heavy everywhere else in your lineup because you've only spent on DraftKings like 8K on a quarterback tight end combo. If Driscoll gets you high teens points at that price and he flips a TD pass to Uzoma, you're kind of in a good spot if that chalk all hits. Right. Do, do we know why? I, I didn't know if do we know if Uzoma got more most of his targets last week from Driscoll? I haven't seen a split uh, right. as far as like before Dalton left the game and and after on that yet. Okay, but but it's just one of those things. I, I feel like we see backup quarterbacks do this a lot, where they they tend to try and make the easier throws, and the tight ends are are closer often to the line of scrimmage, and they're bigger, so they they are easier targets to throw to. Right. Okay. Um. Other players are in. Marlon Mack is apparently very close to clearing the concussion protocol. He's not all the way there yet. There's one more step. It sounds like he's going to be able to go, which is great. Um, Deion Jones, I've been talking about for weeks, back for the Falcons, which could be interesting. He's a good player, good middle inside linebacker. Um, Devin Funches should play for the Panthers. Kenyon Drake has been cleared to play for the Dolphins. Now the guys who are up in the air. This is not a fantasy thing, but Jalen Ramsey has not practiced this week for the Jags. So like, I, I, used the word, I used the phrase yesterday, death spiral. And I think that's where we are. So interesting to see what happens with the Jags there. Stefan Diggs hasn't been practicing, thinks he's going to play, but you need to watch him closely and you need to check the news Sunday morning because he's got a late game on Sunday afternoon. Right now, a Friday afternoon, I would expect Diggs to go. But do, do, do you, is your, one of your hedges, who's the hedges in the late game for you? I mean, is it, is it as simple as Aldrich Robinson? If I've got digs and I'm just looking to pivot to someone who's low owned, Aldrick Robinson is still, I think, kind of a, a low volume play. Like he's he's more of like a, a GPP dart. I mean, I know Jordan Cooper who does some soccer pods with Andrew Laird and 
uh, does a lot of his own stuff on on Twitter. He won a single game showdown slate early in the year because of Aldrick Robinson having that monster game. Um, Robinson's played with Kirk Cousins for a while, and the per catch numbers are kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I still think they almost seem more likely to increase Laquan Treadwell's role or Kyle Rudolph's role. Probably more likely Rudolph in order to just sustain drives that way, and you know maybe one or two more targets go to Robinson. But I don't think they would max out his role if uh, Diggs couldn't play. Okay, the other late games, if you need to do that. No one on the Chiefs, maybe one of those scrubby Raider receivers, like was it Aitman, right? Maybe him. Um, uh, who else here? Yeah, Mar- Jeff- Marcel Aitman, available everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, Quincy Inunua, maybe. The Pats, don't have anyone you can get. David Moore on the on the Seahawks. Maybe Dante Pettis, we're going to talk about him more later. Uh, the charges one of the Williams is if they're not owned stuff like that. So, uh, maybe Josh Doxson, who we talk about some, somehow we talk about Josh Doxson every day. Uh, Sam Darnold is a game time decision. The jets are not sure what they're going to do. Kiki QT game time decision. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Uh, what, what's going on there? So it's not going to play. He's, he's still okay to play, but he's not practicing. And oh yeah, he still has a broken thumb. So yeah, I don't really expect a lot from him. It looks like Randall Cobb is coming back. So that helps. Okay. And Xavier Rhodes is a TBD for the Vikings as well. All right, let's get to streaming defenses. So one of the pe- one of the streamers we talked about early in the week, I talked about with Jake, was the Seahawks because the Seahawks ownership on the on Yahoo was somewhere in the twenties. They are now seventy five percent owned, which is pretty crazy. What I did this week, by the way, there are a lot of good streaming defenses here. Well, let's go through those first before I tell you my story. Titans are forty two percent owned against the Jets. That's a good one. Dolphins, 35% against the Bills. Fine with me. On the other side of that one, you got the Bills, who are a good defense. I think with Tannehill, I don't know if I'd go that way, but the Bills are 31% owned at the Dolphins. The other one, how intriguing are the Falcons to you against Lamar Jackson? I think the problem is that they don't let Jackson throw it that much, so you lose sack opportunities just by fewer passing attempt volumes and then you lose sack opportunities because he's really hard to tackle. (laughs) It's he's very elusive. Um, So I, I, I'm not wild about it, but I also, you know, I don't hate it. There's, there's a rookie quarterback going on the road for the first time and Deion Jones coming back for the Falcons. There's a little bit of momentum for the Atlanta defense. Right. All right. Um, So what I did in, in my home league that I play in, I actually picked up the Seattle and Tennessee defenses this week because I had some guys on my bench that I didn't like and I wanted to block people. So I picked up both. You went the block route. Okay. I went the block route. And because right now the, the Titans play the Redskins at home in week 16, which is pretty good against Colt McCoy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Seahawks in week 16 have the... Oh, they have the Chiefs, so that's not good. But this week, they're good. So. Well, it wasn't solely for the block. That was an no. added benefit. Yeah, it was an added benefit for, the, uh, for, for later for the, for the Titans. Because I like the Seahawks the best this week, but I wanted the Titans for later. So I scooped them up. and I, fi- I figure people might not be looking ahead, and I decided to be a jerk about it. So there you go. So who do you like best of all these? Uh, I mean, you said Seattle's up to 75%. 79. Ownership. 79%? Mm-hmm. I'm with the field. I mean, that's my that's my first choice. That's what I would like to do, if possible. Um, 
Packers, people went on pretty quickly, I assume, so they're not low-owned anymore. Colts are even fairly high-owned, so that's not really an option. I think out of all of those, give me Miami up against Josh Allen. I think that's that's probably the most appealing of that bunch. Does Tennessee's status, I know they're 42, so they're a little over our usual threshold. Does the Darnold, how much does the Darnold McCown factor sway your thinking? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I'd rather it be, I don't know, McCown hasn't played well. I, I think I'd rather it be, rather it be Darnold, though. I think they're more likely to take more shots with Darnold. They might be a little more conservative with McCown. Right. Just, I mean, it's, it's a slight difference, but. I, I think Tennessee is in a decent spot this week. Okay. I do too. All right. Uh, the, the plug and plays at other positions. Uh, let's talk quarterbacks. So Mariota is 34% and at home against the Jets. That's not bad. He's playing well. When he's healthy, he's been pretty good. The, the troubles he's had this year. I mean, he's not going to light it up because he doesn't throw all that much. But when he's healthy, he seems to do well and he runs, which is great. Um, and this matchup is, is decent at home. It's decent. I mean, the jets, you know, against opposing fantasy quarterbacks, they're 12th. Um, they've been getting worse lately though. So I mean, how I like, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by healthy fantasy Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah. I, I, I think healthy Mariota is really interesting. I mean, I think the, the thing I, I I just worry that the the elbow is is prone to the the quick setback. Like if he just bangs his hand on a helmet or something, you know, it just it seems like the kind of injury that doesn't take much to aggravate. But right. he's starting to put a few games together again to the point where if you got to go to the wire and yeah, I mean I, I'm trying to think of a scenario though with no bye weeks, a lot of people are down to just holding one quarterback. Is he is he a top twelve guy for you this week in this matchup with the Jets having a, a secondary that's been exposed and, and banged up at various points? No, I'm not going down that road. He he doesn't throw the ball enough to be that. And in this game, I kind of could see them just being up and running Henry and Lewis a lot. Right, I, I could too. It's weird. the quarterback. It's the quarterback list is weird this week. You know, like where where we rank people. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at our projections, and I'm in line with it. Tom Brady's 15th. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, 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 it's, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's no, why I, I have him 17th, it, actually. It does make sense. And who's the other one? Matt Ryan, 16th. Against that one, Baltimore's defense is really good, but he's at home. I mean, I, I look at that and I think that's, that's not terrible. A lot of his, it seems like a lot of his yards have come in games where they were playing from behind and they had to sling it around. I mean, you know, not all of them and his stats have been pretty darn good, but um, I don't know. What about Keenum? What about Keenum at Cincinnati? Do the Bengals, is this a Bengals rollover game or do the Bengals, it, doesn't it look too easy that the Broncos are going to go in and just beat them? Cause the Broncos are not that great. I know they're five and six and playing well, but they're not that great. Yeah, it, it does seem it does seem like people are, are a little bit too down on the Bengals right now, but it's the hue factor. I mean, this is a, this is a Bengals team that's really been laying some eggs recently. Right. And it, I mean, A.J. Green not being out there 
made Andy Dalton's job very difficult. I, I think we we get a good glimpse of just what Andy Dalton's weaknesses are when AJ Green is not on the field. Right. And uh, if you're if you're a Bengals fan, I mean, you're kind of just playing up the string at this point. You, maybe you get Green back this week. See so Green, Boyd, Uzoma, Mixon all healthy. Do I think the Bengals can win? Sure, they could. Do I expect them to win? No. Am I picking them against the spread? Because they're they're a home underdog this week, right? Like they've slipped to. Right. Uh, they're down by. Well, I think they're five point underdog last I checked. Yeah, yeah, five point dogs. Like I think I would take the Bengals getting the five. I think it's going to be a good close game, and I think Philip Lindsay is going to go crazy for Denver. Like I think that's going to be, and even Freeman. I, I think both Denver backs could be really good this week given how bad Cincinnati's been all season at stopping the run all right um anybody I mean the only other one's Driscoll Tannehill Ugh. I mean there's nothing down there I would rather I, I might rather go Driscoll than Tannehill I don't think there's that much of a difference between them I think I, I like Driscoll's supporting cast a lot better I do too and again the running is kind of cool so I'd have to think about that though Tannehill runs a little bit though too yeah he does all right, um, running back. I think there's some options at running back. We talked about Blunt yesterday. You and I disagree on him a little bit. He's yep. at 34% ownership. Um, Jalen Richard's 39 for you PPR folks. Um, Naheem Hines, 27. That's gonna, right now, that doesn't look as good because Marlon Mack seems like he's going to play. Uh, no interest in Rex Burkhead, really, right? 24%. No, I mean, could you, starting him would be a stretch anywhere. I think you're, if you're adding him, it's because you're just doing it in case other backs get hurt. Elijah McGuire in, in a PPR. I mean, we're going deep leagues now. Or we're going, let, let's say, hypothetically, you have Kareem Hunt and you get some bad news in the next 36 hours. Um, Elijah yeah, McGuire, I like Elijah McGuire. Yeah, Elijah McGuire, I mean, he, he's going to be out there in some passing situations. If you think Tennessee controls the game and has a mm-hmm. lead, that props up McGuire's floor a bit. I mean, the thing about Kareem Hunt, by the way, I mean, this is kind of forgotten. Uh, the Chiefs are the same team that looked past Tyreek Hill's violent past mm-hmm. and took the discount on him, and people kind of forget about it over time. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're expecting the Chiefs to be the team that does more than just suspends Hunt for a game, knowing the NFL is going to do it, I think you're expecting too much from them, right? Based on how they tend to conduct themselves as an organization and not that they're they're not necessarily different than any other team that's just how they have handled these situations or similar situations in the not so distant past okay what about alfred blue if you nope (laughs) okay i mean he has he has zero he has one touchdown he you know he is he's kind of like latavius murray Role wise, like mm-hmm. about twenty five percent of the snaps. Um, if they're up big, sure, it, it, it could work. But I think he's less talented than Murray, and I think Houston wins this game. But I do think the Browns keep it within the spread, which is about five, five and a half. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't love Alfred Blue either because I know that. I mean, it's such a low ceiling. It's like I'm, I'm probably going to get forty. I mean, based on his last four weeks. He's going to get decent volume, and he's going to get 40 yards and no touchdowns and no catches. So what does that really do for me? I mean, chasing volume is generally the smart way to go. 
But when there's a guy who doesn't catch the ball and he averages like two and a half yards a carry, that's not ideal. <laughs> so. Yeah, Alfred Blue is kind of like a Garrett Blunt starter kit. <laughs> um, other than that, I had Jordan Wilkins on a list of 5% on, but again, Marlon Mack plays. I mean, maybe you can grab one of the Colts and, and hold on and make sure that Mack plays because I think the last step is... I read on his blurb on the player page that he needs to see an independent neurologist. Well, we don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I would imagine that the in-house Colts doctors know that not only does he feel fine, but he probably cleared a baseline and they need someone independent to confirm it. So I would imagine that he's okay, but you never know. Wide receivers. We talked about Taylor Gabriel already, 35% ownership. I like that one, especially for PPR leagues, because I think Chase Daniel is going to dump him the ball quite a bit. Willie Sneed is another dump-off guy that Lamar Jackson seems to like. What about Kenny? I can't throw the ball to myself still. So are we ever going to get back on that train? Uh, I was on it last week in tournaments. I thought the Tannehill-Stills combo might be what you needed to take down a big field GPP, and Kenny Stills, I think, had less than two points on DraftKings. Yeah. The thing about Kenny Stills that I'm like so confused by I mean, can't throw the ball to myself is is correct. Adam Gase yet again comes up and and goes down this path that makes you think that he has no control over his own team, right? With regard to the plays that are called, right? Why is that guy not getting the ball? Gee, I don't know. Right, like he was asking rhetorical questions to the media about Kenny Stills' involvement, and it's. It's like that episode of The Office where Jim flips the interview on Dwight after Dwight finds the joint in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And Jim's just like, and how much pot did you smoke? And, and Dwight's like kind of stunned. That's what gazed into the media. He just flipped it around. Like he started asking them questions. And they're like, coach, you're in charge here. Right. You, you decide how much Kenyon Drake gets the ball. You decide how much Kenny Stills gets the ball. I don't know. Like. I, I don't know if Adam Gaze is just mad that the, the roster is terrible because it kind of is. And he didn't build this. Right. Is the front office and ownership just in a position where they don't want to spend? They don't want to even try and invest in better scouting and analytics and things to make the roster better. And he's just kind of like, well, if I quit, I don't get paid. But if I show up every day, I can collect my paycheck. Right. Or they can fire me and I can get my paycheck. I, I just something about his situation just seems like he's really unhappy. Yeah, and it's weird because you look at that. I mean, they're five and six, which is not bad. But I think he knows they can't win more than seven games. And if they get to the playoffs, they're going to play at four thirty Eastern on Saturday, and they're going to lose. Yeah, and they're in, they're in the vortex of four thirty Eastern. It's them, the Bengals, the Texans, and the Titans. And it was the Chiefs for a while, but they have they have graduated. Yeah, they've graduated. You're right. <laughs> um, other options: David Moore on the Seahawks has caught four passes in each of the last two weeks. Um, I'm a fan of David Moore. We talked about him yesterday too. Josh Doxson again, 13 percent on. I'm going to blow up, but blow by him real quick. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Uh, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin's out again, right? Marquise Goodwin's got some personal issues going on, so he, yeah, he's not going to play. Yeah, Goodwin. It, it just it, it seems like kind of a, a mental health thing. So you know, all the best to him as he tries to tries to work through that. Um, I, I don't like the setup for the San Francisco receivers this week anyway. Yeah, it's just Kittle's going to get some targets and and maybe he'll be somewhat productive with them. But yeah, Nick Mullins going on the road to Seattle, missing key pieces. It's not a good fit at all. Now, now for Dante Pettis, just 
I, I hear what you're saying. Last two games, 13 targets, eight receptions. So, Do you like Dante Pettis more this week, or do you like Bruce Ellington more this week? Oh, well, Bruce Ellington, I like Bruce Ellington because he's the second option. And, and, and we're in a PPR question here, generally. But Bruce Ellington against the Rams, who have bad corners. I, I, I think I like Ellington. Yeah, I do. It's, it's weird that this has come down to the Rams have bad corners. A team that started the year with the Keeb Tlaib and Marcus Peters has issues at corner. And Tlaib's been hurt, so that's part of why yeah. that's happening. Sam Shields uh, has been torched in coverage. Peters himself over a, a 100 passer rating allowed. Troy Hill's been bad. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman has been bad. Some of the linebackers and safeties in coverage have been bad. It, it is it is pretty amazing. Talib though has been very good in the very limited times he's been in the field, about three games, and he's supposed to be back on Sunday. Yeah, so I, I think Talib probably presents more of an issue for Kenny Galladay than anything else. And those other corners are all going to be working on Ellington. But okay, even with the struggles that Marcus Peters has had this year, Marcus Peters versus Bruce Ellington is still a matchup that favors the Rams. Right. Well, does Ellington play? Is he is he in the slot usually? But he'll play. He runs more out of the slot yeah. than out of the outside. So that might help him. Peters might stay on the outside, and and maybe one of Shields or somebody else will end up being matched up against Ellington, and that'll be okay. All right, tight end um, CJ Uzoma, who we've talked about already in this show, is twenty six percent owned on Yahoo. Johnu Smith is at twenty three. Um, is it Matt Matt Lacoste on the Broncos is now in right because Hireman is out for the year. And he did well last week. Let me pull up his page real quick. Uh, Matt Lacoste wound up with three catches for 34 yards and a touchdown on 27 snaps. Mm. So not bad. I, you know, I don't think I want to play. Even at tight end, I don't think I want to play this guy. I'd rather play Chris Herndon at the same ownership percentage at 13% on Yahoo. Yeah, season long, I think you just about everybody else you named would come in ahead. Of Lacoste, I think Lacoste being at the salary minimum on DraftKings makes him a little more interesting in in those scenarios. Um, but yeah, if you've got your choice of like Johnu Smith or Matt Lacoste, I think you go Johnu Smith pretty easily there. All right. So of all these positions, at quarterback of the guys we mentioned, who's your favorite? It'd probably be Mariota. I mean, I think he's got more going for him. They should win. They should put up twenty five plus points. And, and the Jets have had some major problems in their secondary. Running back. Running back, running back was kind of the worst of the positions. Yeah. I think it's if Spencer Ware is out there, I think that could that could bear immediate fruit. I mean, I just think the Chiefs are have to do something right away with uh, Kareem Hunt. And I, I'm fine with Legarrette Blunt. I mean, look, if I knew Ware is going to play, if I need, I, I want to get Spencer Ware, and he would be first if if Hunt doesn't play. And Spencer Ware, by the way, 22 percent on Yahoo. Um, wide receiver. <sighs> Receiver for that group. Yikes. Man, uh, who, who do you like out of that group? I'm still I like torn Gabriel. here. Because uh, Godwin doesn't make the cut. Godwin was just a little bit too high owned. With Deshaun Jackson out, Chris Godwin's more interesting. Yep. G- Gabriel's getting a lot of targets. I think out, out of those guys that we were discussing, I think Gabriel over David Moore makes sense. Gabriel over Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I, I think Taylor Gabriel kind of just just barely kind of comes in ahead of those other 
often available receivers. Yeah, and I should have mentioned Curtis Samuel because he got a lot more snaps last week. Even with Funches back, I think, I think he's going to play some. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get enough snaps to make me want to start him this week, but it could happen more uh, down the road a little bit. Um, tight end, I think you like Uzoma more than Johnu, right? I like no. I think I like Johnny a little more than Uzoma. They're very close. Okay. I, I like I like Uzoma as the cheap guy you put with Driscoll in DFS tournaments. The cheap guy you put with Driscoll. There you go. I might do that. I might do a John a, John, a Driscoll Uzoma. And you just get a, a bucket of chalk to go along with totally. it. Totally. I love it. Saquon even against the Bears too. I think I like that one. Um, all right. DFS values that we're going to talk about. And as we started last week, we're not going to just go straight off the value report. We're going to talk about guys that we like on the value report. Let's go to FanDuel first. Uh, a quarterback. Again, I, I feel like we say this every week, that you look at the price and you look at the implied point total and you look at the matchup and you say Jameis Winston. I feel like this is a rinse repeat. We do it every week. I'm fine it's with still, it. still good. The price just hasn't really gone up to reflect the quality of the situation. Agreed. That's it's not our fault. If they spiked them up five to seven hundred bucks, then we'd we'd have a different conversation. At a similar price, within a hundred dollars of each other, Winston or Kirk Cousins? <sighs> Winston's the cash play, but I, especially at tournaments, prefer Cousins. Okay. Running back on Fanduel. Um, this is interesting. And by the way, we're talking about everybody on every slate. We will point out if people are not on the main slate. Uh. I'm really liking Chris Carson idea here. I mean, I know he doesn't get every snap, but he's on a 10 point favorite and his price is pretty darn good. Carson to me is if you're, if you're going to pass on Philip Lindsay at a tournament, Mm -hmm. I think you're saving money going to Carson and you're probably getting a lot lower ownership and you might get a similar number of touches. Like Lindsay's going to catch passes to Carson mainly catch like one or two of those. But I think unless you're buying San Francisco, finding a way to keep that game closer than expected, you should get a lot from Carson. And there might be enough to go around for one of the other backs in Seattle to also be pretty useful. Like, I, I don't think two of those guys going off is, is out of the question. And if any two of them go off, it should be Carson as long as he doesn't leave early with some kind of injury. All right, so Lindsay, 7,000. All right, so at 6,300, Carson or Lamar Miller? I think if you want just the better all-around play, the edge goes to Miller, but lower ownership will be Carson. Does Josh Adams factor in there at all at 6,100? Not as high on Adams this week in this matchup. Washington's been pretty pretty stout against the run. And with Adams, we still don't really know what happens if they have to get pass happy at any point. I think he kind of goes away a little bit, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Adams is third for me out of that group. All right. And by the way, if you're playing a, a night one or a Sunday Monday or something, Austin Eckler is 5400. I mean, it, it, you'd you'd be stupid not to play him in a cash game wherever yeah. you're playing. Yeah. If you're yeah if you're including Sunday night, if you're playing on Fanball, which I think their main ones include Sunday night, Eckler is absolutely a player. Like, sure, he's gonna be really popular, but just play him. The usage, the efficiency should be there. And it's a little bit like the Nick Chubb when uh, Carlos Hyde got traded scenario earlier this year. Like, even if you have reservations about him as a player, the price in that offense with that usage is too low. Yep. All right. Uh, wide receiver. 
DJ Moore looking solid at 6400 I think. I mean, it's not cheap. Not super cheap. You know, the, pr- the price has gone up on DJ Moore, you know, to, to reflect the, his production lately. Um, Corey Davis at 5,900. So DJ Moore is 6,400, by the way. Josh Reynolds at 58. Corey Davis at 5,900. How is Corey Davis only $100 more than Josh Reynolds? I don't know. He's a, he, because the price is low and because he had those back-to-back 10 target games, I think Davis is a cash game play at that price. Yeah, they they just lack depth in that receiving core. Like, I, I if they have to throw it thirty times, he should get at least seven targets. Right, but they don't throw it thirty times. Is the thing. But if so. you have to throw it twenty four times, he should get five to six targets, and he'll be good per target. Last three weeks, ten, ten, and seven targets for Corey Davis. No, sorry, that's the week before. Then the last two weeks is four each, and that's the problem. That's why the price has gone down. I think. A couple weird games. Um, Josh Reynolds, fifty eight hundred, not not bad. Chris Godwin at 54. Which would you like better, Josh Reynolds at 58 or Chris Godwin at 54? I think I'd rather have Godwin. Yeah. I think you might be I, right. I think most, most people will rather have Godwin, though. So if you want to go lower ownership, then yeah. Reynolds will be the guy since both Cooks and Woods are healthy. Anyone else on FanDuel at wide receiver you like? Mm, I'm trying not to play Jarvis Landry in tournaments for the reasons we talked about yesterday. Like, yeah. Even though they gave him a bunch of money and, and Dorsey might be – in Greg Williams and Ted Haley's ear saying, or Todd Haley's ear saying, Hey, get him involved. Make, right. Make some plays. I gave him a bunch of money. Don't let me look dumb. Uh, they, they may, they may continue to give him a lot of targets. I'm just, uh, the price keeps getting lower and I, I, I don't, I don't want to do it, but I feel like I have to. Okay. Um, tight end. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be chalky McChalkerson at tight end this week, even with the high price, right? Uh, Ebron's going to be the... Yeah, okay. Right. Ebron's going to be a chalk magnet, though, first, because he's he's about $1,000 less than he will be next week yep. since Doyle's out, and that wasn't priced in. He's had a big game against the Jags earlier this year, so any, any Jacksonville fear should be gone for that reason and because they haven't been themselves. Um, I think Ebron pulls like 30-plus percent ownership this week. So have I told you about this contest I'm in uh, with the Panthers on their website? I think you've mentioned it. It's like a survivor. It's like a fantasy survivor. So you can you can only pick players once in the course of a year. You, you can pick a panth any panther three times, and you have to play a panther every week. But you, every other player you can only pick once, which right now is just great because you're down. I've been saving people, and I have Ebron this week. I was so excited, but I also have Cream Hunt, so could be a problem. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. See how it goes as far as number of games and everything. But Ebron, I mean, that's a nice, it's a nice piece to still have left. Yeah. But this is a game. I feel like I want to play more of games like this because down at the end of the year, it gets to be a lot of fun. I like that format. I think that format's going to become more popular in the coming years. I don't know if there's like a mainstream site that's really offered it yet. You know, ESPN, Yahoo, whatever. I don't think any of them have cranked out a survivor style fantasy game. If only I was a web developer, I'd create it right now. It would be, you know what? And the, the pentathlon, like some people griped about survivor being in there, but we did two strike survivor instead of just the traditional one. Yep. I think that worked really well. If I was going to add an event, make it a, would be a heptathlon. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like a, a sort of fantasy survivor contest would be there. I would definitely, do you guys have to start two quarterbacks every week or just one? One. I'd make it two or make it a super flex at least. That would be great. Just to burn through all the quarterbacks also. 
And in this case, I only have to start two receivers. I would start three. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Because then I know for, just, for for like a, a like a very broad appeal kind of thing, like keeping it more simple probably makes sense. But for uh, the more involved kind of the games that that I want to play, I want to make as many decisions as possible. But in this pool also, because of the way some other people have played, I remember I said, so there's 10 people in it, and you have to start one Panther, but only one Panther every week. Last week, nobody had Christian McCaffrey. Nobody. <laughs> oh, no. Probably, everybody probably used him already. Yeah, most people used him. I was saving him. You still haven't used McCaffrey yet? I have. No, I, I, I've used him twice. I can use him three times. Every Panther I can use three times. Oh, uh, every Panther can be used three times. I yes. say, otherwise, you'd, you'd be playing, you know, uh, Cam- Cameron Hardis Payne or something. <laughs> right? So That's where you'd be at this point in the season. Yeah, this week I'm playing McCaffrey. But last week, yeah, nobody out of the 10. It cracked me up. And I looked at the results. I said, well, whoever had him must have just blown up, and nobody did. All right. Um, so tight end-wise, Ebron, like you said, so Kelsey's 7,800. And he, he is the favorite to produce the best. I mean, he's in a great matchup. It's just perfect. But Ebron, 5,600, you're right. He's going to be chalky. And Cameron Braid, a lot of people are going to own Cameron Braid at 4,900, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Ebron will fetch the most interest by a lot. So if you like Braid, I don't think you have to worry about him being so chalky that it's it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably more like 15 to 20% owned this week. He's still really cheap on FanDuel, too. I've I only seen his DraftKings price. 4,900 yeah. on FanDuel is really low for... A guy going up against the defense that's been the most generous to opposing tight ends this season. All right, so if you were going to pivot here, let's say you're on FanDuel, right? And you go, geez, you know what? I know Ebron's not going to be 40% owned because Brait's going to drag people away, but you know, it's either going to be Ebron or Brait, so where else could I go? At the Ebron price point, especially, where you've kind of got everything else in the lineup the way you want it, mm-hmm. I think David and Joku at 5,500 is kind of interesting if you're not on the the Landry plan, but you want some exposure to Cleveland's passing game. Same price as Ebron. You could play Kyle Rudolph. If, if Diggs is compromised, I could see Rudolph's role getting scaled up like we talked about earlier. And if you want something that's a little cheaper, I think CJ Uzoma is kind of interesting at 5,200. What do you make of the Rams tight ends? Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett have had larger roles in recent weeks. Nope. Everett's 4,800. Higby's 4,200. It'd be tournaments only. Yes. But, do you go that low for either one of those guys? No, because there's two. I, I've I'm on two years of speculating on Gerald Everett in season long and holding him for way too long. It's not. There's too much down. Like for for basically, I I feel like I've got a a one in five shot of him catching five balls with one touchdown. Maybe less than that. Like it's just not for me. It, it's too unlikely to me. I don't buy it. If it happens again, I'll buy it because he played Everett scored the touchdown against the Chiefs. But generally, there have been there have been so many you know one for eight performances that I just don't want to. I, I I'm not buying Gerald Everett. All right, multiple catches in three straight games against the Saints, Seahawks, and Chiefs. One score against the uh, Seattle defense. Two against the Chiefs. But look at the snap count. Snap counts low, but when he's out there, he's running routes. They, 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 have, they don't they don't put him out there to block. They put him out there to go make a play. Because that's the thing they put out. They put Higby out there to block, but now they're throwing to Higby a little bit. It's a nice reward. Yeah. So. Everett runs a route ninety six percent of the time when the Rams pass. Tyler Higby runs a route fifty eight percent of the time. Oh, there you go. That's a I mean, lot of routes for Everett. Look at the difference in in passing snaps played, but then adjust it based on 
Everett running routes that much more frequently. What's your favorite place to find that, by the way? Where are you find? Is that that's not on Rotowire, is it? Rotowire player pages. That's on the Rotowire player pages. Yeah, if you look at any tight end, if you scroll down below the game log and below the snap distribution chart, it shows you how many routes each tight end of the team runs, the number of routes they've run so far, number of targets they've had, but it puts it on a like a, like a sliding scale. All right, am I, should I have known this was there? Is that one I, of the newer things? It's one of the newer things. Yeah, okay. I've seen a lot of the other stuff, but I haven't seen this yet. This is awesome. Yeah, so we, as a site, we've, we've been putting random cool stuff out yes. for a lot of sports in the last year. And what happens is people make it, and whoever requested it or thought of it and whoever developed it as a, as a programmer, they know about it. And then maybe like someone else who was in the meeting knows about it. But if they don't talk about it out loud or mention it at a meeting, it gets rolled out and like somebody find it, finds it later on accident and then <laughs> then reveals it to everybody else. And it's like we just got to become better about like telling each other, hey, I had someone someone helped me make this thing. Check it out. Like, yeah, this, this is one of the cool things on the site this year that. I don't really see that anywhere else, so I'm, I'm glad we have it. This particular cool thing I did not know is there, so thank you for pointing this out to me. That's good stuff. You've, you, you've seen the, the breakdown of where uh, yes. receivers and running backs everyone run their routes from, right? It's awesome. Yep. There's so much, I feel like there's new good stuff all the time. Yeah. The, the NFL player pages got a reboot kind of in season because we've got a bunch of new data that we could put on there. Mm-hmm. So maybe a month ago or so, these things popped up for the first time, and then you can look at the individual uh, defensive players and how well they've done in coverage too. That's where, yep. you know, if I say, oh, Darius Slay has been surprisingly bad in coverage this year. That's, that's how I know so quickly. So we're pulling that in now. All right. Let's go to DraftKings. You ready? Ready. Okay. So quarterbacks, of course, Jameis factors in again because Jameis is 6,000, whereas let's say, Cam is 60, so Mahomes is 7,600. And other guys, you know, they're not that much more expensive. I mean, Cam's 6,600. But Jameis at 6,000 is good. Would you rather have Jameis at 6,000 or Kirk Cousins at 55? In a tournament, again, I'm, I'm going right back to Kirk Cousins. I think that, that Minnesota-New England game is going to be a shootout. Okay. Anyone else that you like? Matt Ryan seems cheap. I know we talked about before that there's, you know, it's not the easiest matchup, but it's cheap. If you want a low-owned quarterback that could get you 25 points, then mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is that guy. I think more likely he's closer to 20, which still at that price isn't bad. Right. Uh, Scott and I talked about Julio yesterday. I mean, the price down on Julio is not gonna not gonna scare many people away. Like the matchup's not gonna scare many people away when he's priced down. And I, I look at him as like a 15% owned guy, but he can put up typical Julio numbers against Baltimore, even though they've been awesome against opposing receivers. All right. Running back. I'm back at Chris Carson because the price is just 5,200 is that's a, that's a nice price for a guy running 15 to 18 times on a 10 point favorite. Yeah, it really is. Carson. Um, again, I, it's just like the Lindsay thing. Their prices are even closer though on DraftKings. Um, it, it's easier to pay up for Philip Lindsay on DraftKings, right? Because the gap between those two players is even smaller. Uh, so the same kind of logic applies. Like, sure, it could be good chalk in a tournament the way Matt Breida was good chalk last week. I look at the discounted running backs, and one thing I'm probably staying away from is the Jacksonville situation. Yeah, even with Hyde being so cheap. Yeah, because I, I Yeldon's going to catch passes. 
And they're they're both. I mean, it could be 60-40 touches, like favoring Yeldon because of the receptions, and the carries might be 60-40 favoring Hyde. They just might not be good. Like Cody Kessler's playing, they may not be in the red zone. Like they they may just have a terrible game offensively, and I I don't believe in them at all. So I don't want to chase either one of those guys, even though the price relative to the workload is very fair. I think you can you can find guys in the four thousands that are better. You're not going to find anybody in the low 3,000s who's going to get the ball quite that much. But look at, okay, in a tournament, people might say, well, I'm going to punt, use Carlos Hyde in my flex at 3,300. If you want to punt, I would actually punt with Royce Freeman in a tournament at 3,600, not play Lindsay, even though I like Lindsay, and take advantage of a good running back facing the league's worst run defense. That's what the Bengals have become. Yep. Do that at a lower ownership rate than having a somewhat chalky Jacksonville back against the pretty good Indianapolis defense. That's good that reasoning. I get it. Um, otherwise here, so explain this to me on the DraftKings pricing. Kareem Hunt at Oakland, 15-point favorite at 7,800. Saquon at home against the Bears as an underdog with a a an implied point total of approximately, you know, 20 at only a hundred at a hundred dollars more than cream hunt. Now, aside from the other cream hunt stuff that we talked about earlier, how, how is Saquon more expensive than cream hunt? He's projected to score more points, even though his team is projected to score a lot less. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And hunt was going to be kind of a free square in cash games before today's news broke. Now, right. I, obviously you have to watch and see, how that's going to play out. Barkley, I, I can't quite with confidence pin down where I think that ownership rate's going to be. I don't think it's going to be low. Okay. It's not going to be as high as last week. The, I, the range to me is kind of in the, the mid-teens. I think kind of like 15 to 17% is where Barkley is going to come in. Okay. I wouldn't put Barkley and Beckham in the same lineup. But I think Odell Beckham, we'll talk about the receivers in a minute. I think there's tournament appeal with him against the Bears as well. Now, do you expect Eli to fall completely on his face against the Bears defense? I mean, I think 200 yards passing and a touchdown might happen. But, but I don't know. That, I mean, th- it, it's going to be a lot with the pass rush. It's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a lot of Saquon probably. He's not going to be able to throw downfield to Beckham too much. So, I don't know. It's going to depend on when Saquon can run away from everybody for a touchdown. Because if he doesn't, I think Eli's going to have a rough statistical day. I don't think it's going to be that good. Because just in terms of raw DraftKings projections, the Roadwire projections had Barkley as the third highest scoring running back on the slate this week, on the main slate. Okay. Gurley first, McCaffrey second. They're within a point of each other. And there's about a three and a half point drop before you get to Barkley. Got it. All right. Well, I don't know. Um, wide receiver, you want to go there? Let's go there. Who I, I like here. I mean, some of these guys, Humphreys, and I mean, there's some value guys here, right? I mean, you talk about Allington, who's 3,500. I mean, there's some Marcel Aitman. I'm not doing that. Godwin's 3,900. Um, Humphreys is only 4,200, and he's been catching lots of passes, and now he got Deshaun Jackson out. There's there's some good low priced guys 
here. Who do you like among the high price guys? You mentioned Odell Beckham. Do you like him in this spot? I, I like Beckham as a tournament play. If I'm building at least three different lineups, I want Beckham in one of them. Okay. Because he's priced right around the same spot as Julio. The Bears defense is awesome, and people are going to be afraid of that. And I, I kind of think the the interest in Beckham should be lower than the interest in Barkley by comparison. Mm-hmm. If the Giants do anything offensively, there's like a 95% chance it's one of those two guys doing it. Right. All right. Let's see. David Moore, 4,300. Taylor Gabriel, 4,200. There's some opportunity here, I think. Corey Davis, 55. He's not super cheap. Um, as far as the, like you said, you talked about Julio. He's priced down at 7,700. He and Beck. Who would you rather have, Beckham or Julio, at similar prices within $100 of each other? I'd rather have Julio because of Matt Ryan versus Eli. Okay. And I love Kenny Galladay, 6,700. Yeah, I think he's cash game viable yeah. at that price. Going to get a lot of targets, even with Talib back. He's the kind of receiver that can give even a very good corner for some fits. Could move him around a little bit. Maybe he'll get some Marcus Peters in there as well. Um, but I do like Galladay quite a bit this week because I think the Lions are going to have to air it out. Throwing the ball 35, 40 times seems almost certain going up against that Rams high-powered offense. I don't think the Lions are going to have an answer for the Rams offense. Um, the other wrinkle here I, I threw this out there on the xm show Devonte adams he's 7900 on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. everybody loves aaron jones we didn't really mention him in the running back section but right. i think the, the value there is crazy because they're two touchdown favorites he's under 7k he's getting a, a good workload he's a cash game play which we six weeks ago i think we'd have been afraid to play aaron jones in cash even for two thousand less than that right but everyone's on that and people are down on Rodgers right now. They're big favorites. What if Aaron Rodgers just goes like 19 for 23 for 230 and four touchdowns? <laughs> Would He could do that, right? It's he, not could, like this, he always could, yes. And if he does that, it's probably going to be eight for 120 and two scores to Devontae Adams because the rest of the receiving core is inexperienced and not playing particularly well. Wouldn't a Rodgers Adams combo in a tournament this week be a great low owned pairing that could go off? I mean, Patrick Peterson's gonna probably cover Adams, but Devonta Adams can beat pretty much anybody. Right. And Rodgers can throw into tiny windows. Like I I don't know. I just the, the more I've thought about the way this slate breaks down this week with everybody focusing on Aaron Jones, that kind of seems like the ultimate time tournament-wise, to go to Rodgers and Adams. I think that's an interesting way to go because you're going to save money there compared to most weeks. So um, I like it. I'm fine with that. I think, I think that, that's, a, that's a good logical take on, you know, if you want to pivot away from the popular guys. Uh, tight ends. So Ebron's, what's Ebron's ownership in cash games going to be? 50% in cash, and I think it's going to be like 30-plus percent in tournaments. Yeah, he's 4,200. I mean, he's he's the obvious choice here. Craig Olson's kind of low-owned here, at forty low-priced at 4,100. Yeah, they, they spread the ball around so well. The targets haven't been there the last couple of weeks, so right. I think he'll be owned but not highly owned. Um, I think he's one, one, of the, one of the pivots you could think about in tournaments from Ebron if you want to spend a similar amount of money. Tampa Bay is going to give up points for sure. 
Where would you rather take your shot with the Panther this week in DFS? Would you rather pay up for Cam McCaffrey? Go to the high 5,000 range for DJ Moore. He's had a ton of targets these last two weeks. Curtis Samuel's cheap, even though Funches is back. Or do you see Olsen being that option? Or do you just say, everyone's playing Panthers, so I'm staying away? I think it's, if I'm paying up, it's for McCaffrey. I think the weeks that they have, have reined him in have been the weeks against... There was a little stretch there where we didn't get the ball as much as we want, as we all liked. And basically, I think what they did was they, they just decided to avoid situations with him against good run defenses like Washington and Philly and Baltimore, sort of. You know, they didn't, they didn't use the usage wasn't as high because they were like, oh, why am I going to run up the gut on these guys? Against teams that they felt they could run on, his usage has ticked up. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we're looking at this week. That's This is a bad defense, and I think he's going to get all the work he can handle. Yeah, you got a lot the first time they played. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he got 22 touches and 157 yards from scrimmage. So, man, did I whiff on this guy. He's fantastic. I did, too. It's been a, a strange year. I mean, after the first couple of weeks, it seemed like he was taken off, had a couple quiet games, and then he's been red hot for six weeks or so now. Yep. And the touch legit first rounder, ten touchdowns. Wow. Um, all right. Any other tight ends you like that we haven't talked about? Mm, I don't know if we mentioned Matt Lacoste earlier. I mean, he's the replacement for Jeff Hireman. I got one salary point. salary floor guy on DraftKings. What if I were to give you a tight end who, in his last three games, has nineteen receptions and he's only thirty nine hundred dollars? Well, that sounds all right. Austin Hooper. Yeah, Hooper Hooper could be useful. I mean, it, it, if you think Atlanta's going to do anything through the air, Julio's going to do a lot of it, but one of Sanu, Ridley, or Hooper will pick up some production. Right. And I, we know the Ravens are good. That's fine. But it still projects, you know, they go around 48 or so. So it's not, you know, hey, nobody's going to score here. Like Titans, Jets. So, or Redskins. The Redskins, is, no, that's not that low. What's the other? There's another really low one. Miami Buffalo. That's it. Um, all right. That's going to wrap that up. We can want to talk more DFS. Derek, Derek's got that covered. I can help a little. He can help a lot. He's at Derek Van Riper on Twitter. I'm at Helpin 37 What else you got going on this weekend? What are you going to do? I am covering Saturday XM for the second Saturday in a row. Nice. Uh, and then uh, it's my brother-in-law's birthday this weekend, so I'm headed out to Milwaukee to celebrate with him. Wow. That sounds fun. Yeah. Should be good. Uh, it's 30. So, so is it a bar crawl, a house party? Like, what is it? No, I think it's a steak dinner. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Fun. All right. Yeah. So cool. so happy birthday to, to Brian, and happy birthday to my golden doodle, Hazel. She is now two. Hazel. All right. I haven't heard her lately. You haven't been home lately, so I haven't heard her. Yeah, I haven't had to record from home in a while, which is, is good. It means everything is just progressing as it should day to day with the, uh, the Van Riper household. There you go. All right. And you're still not going for chest freezers yet. Nope, I've held that off for another month, so I've, I've, I've succeeded. Good deal. Okay. All right, folks, listeners to this podcast, you get a ten, free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. Let's let you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. 
Please give us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We always appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back on Monday. Tim and I will be here Monday morning to review the weekend action. So please come on back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week 13. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.